Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Bigfoot 2, Wandering Fishmen, Threats and Harassment, and Murder by Arson. I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is still Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. <laughs> wow. Still, yeah, we haven't renamed nope, it. Nope. Not not going to um, at this point. We're we're already too far in. Yeah, we're so far in. We're actually, this is the halfway point of the entire series. It's going to be this wow. episode. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if, if you exclude the Farina era. Yeah, and yeah, we, we do, do, because we don't recognize yeah, we Farina. Don't. I'm going to come back and I'm going to throw you right out of that fucking window. As a legitimate host of Unsolved yeah. Mysteries. Um, but he's a, he, he seemed like a very nice man. May he <laughs> yes. rest in peace. But fuck Farina. Fuck we don't Farina. do that here. That's our logo. Uh, so when we get... One of two things is going to happen. We are either going to pass away from boredom before we finish Unsolved Mysteries... Um, or we're going to get to the end of this and be like 45 years old. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh God. Or we'll just, or, or we'll just quit. I don't know. <laughs> At some point. I can't believe we've been doing this for as long as we've been doing I, this. You, you mentioned that. And I think back to when we started recording and yeah, gosh, dang. Well, I, uh, I was thinking about how one of our favorite podcasts hit their seven year anniversary this last week. Oh. And I was like, wow, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, some of these, some of these podcasts I've been listening to, they've been going on for a decade or seven years or, you know, yeah. um, that's as a fan, that's quite a commitment. Right. To make for me. I have, I mean, I, I don't listen to all of these podcasts I don't hit every episode for all of the ones mm-hmm. that I like, but there are some that I've definitely stuck with. Um, and I know I've listened to every episode and, and these have been going on for like six or seven years. And I'm just like, so the fact that we've been going on now for five years, damn, uh, is that's a lot of us just talking. It is. We, we've talked about many things. Many yes. things. But I, I guess sometimes the, the irritation of a, a select number of listeners, but... Yeah, well, they're probably not listeners anymore. Well, yeah, so. I guess that's true. <laughs> only only the hardcore <laughs> fans are, are still yeah. with us at this point, or people who have just wandered in and this is their first episode. Welcome. Yeah, well, hello. A weird time to start, but this will, this will be our most recent episode, and if you're... Um, podcatcher works the same as mine um this is usually if you click on a show this will give you hmm. this will probably be the first thing you listen to so welcome uh and i also think probably for us having regularly i don't th- think we've missed but one or two bi-weekly drops yeah in five years and the fact that we've been doing this is you know we're in like the top three percent of podcasts or something most podcasts don't make it this long damn wow so while we might not have the sponsorship we desire we certainly have the tenacity to keep going (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's what they that's what they used to say about me uh back back in school it's like that robert you know he's got that tenacity if nothing else he's got that well, I kind of feel like we're like the Tommy Wiseau of podcasts. No one asked for this. <laughs> we're self-funded and we're just going to keep doing it. 
<laughs> I, uh, I, I don't mind the comparison at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've ever talked about the room ever. I, we haven't between uh, between ourselves. I don't, we haven't discussed it. <sighs> Is now the time? <laughs> Do you want to talk about unsolved mysteries? <laughs> Well, I mean, we're going to have to talk about Unsolved Mysteries at some point, and I have to say, uh, I I will have to air that I was a little bit disappointed when I watched this episode, because... I know, right? Yeah. But this was like a, this was like an extra large hour and a half or i guess when it originally aired with commercials it would have been two hours long two hours long it's that's just like the end of season six episode 23 blow out uh leave leave no survivors kind of episode and you were disappointed interesting yeah i well <laughs> i do appreciate a good double the the length of a normal episode season finale and you know and this had like some great content in it my Mm -hmm. issue Mm -hmm. was like i just thought it was going to be like because this does feel like two episodes that were welded together and i don't know yeah uh like it's and it's very clear where the where the one episode ended and another would have started and i just don't know if like they when they were getting near the end of the season, for some reason it was going to be like, well, we're going to, um, for some, it's just like, this was just something to done that was done to fill some programming hole in a certain way or to, to, yeah. to make the schedules match and, uh, or something. I, I think, yeah. And I, as we'll get to, there's a, we, well, we may not get to it through this episode since we're going to make this a two-parter. Since it was a two-hour-long Unsolved Mysteries episode, and there was no way in hell we were going to cover seven segments in an hour and 15 minutes right. <laughs> of our own episodes. Uh, we're going to break this up into two, but obviously there's some programming stuff going on over at NBC around this time. Um, and mm-hmm. Stack kind of addresses that at the very end of the episode about some new time slots. And it kind of makes me think, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, the show, you know, which has been on Wednesday nights, you know, for its entire run at this point, um, is getting moved around that perhaps we need to like to be in keeping with the spirit of the show and to be um, obtuse as possible. Maybe we should really, you know, really think about changing our podcast release day from wednesday to <laughs> to, to match the re- the release yeah. day of okay yeah, yeah we're that's... on it you know just to keep in inspir- i think that would really piss people off and we shouldn't do that <laughs> but <laughs> you know it just would be in keeping with you know we're trying to show solidarity with unsolved mysteries which is obviously getting fucked around with their programming by nbc right right it's very clear yeah it's like the- uh, yeah at this point in the 90s it's like unsolved mysteries isn't the hit show you know it wasn't the draw on wednesday i'm interested to know what filled their time slot though after season six oh damn yeah on wednesday nights i'm sure a little wikipedia search if i felt like doing it would pull that up right up but I, um, I, yeah, whether yeah, I, I would assume another hour-long prog- uh, program of some sort, or possibly because this show was coming on at what nine? I'm not sure. It might have been eight. Eight. 
I mean, yeah. we're getting, uh, we're what, it's really kind of entering in the mid-90s now. We're kind of getting uh-huh. into that that point where a lot of NBC's programming uh, through the weekday was made up of like of like just numerous sitcoms because you had must-see mm-hmm. Tuesday, you had must-see Thursday, and they even mm-hmm. tried to they tried to make Wednesday a must-see TV day as well. Mm-hmm. So the, mm-hmm. this may this may be related to that, perhaps, perhaps not. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. certain. Um, you know, it's yeah. I uh, I I'm probably most excited about this because the heavy implication is that because they're going to start rolling out the gimmicks to try to <laughs> try to get mm-hmm. people to tune in. Um, mm-hmm. And you you had you had alluded to uh, you'd made sort of an allegorical um, uh, mention of. St- seven of nine a character right a char- i said they're gonna try and they're gonna start to seven of nine unsolved mysteries even though start this is a star trek voyager reference <laughs> even the voyager comes after after yes unsolved mysteries <laughs> but it's just the i mean so at this point we we know keely shea smith shows up we know virginia madsen shows up as sort of like a co-host so yeah. we haven't gotten there yet and obviously because there's programming issues we theorize that the appearance of babes on the show can't be far behind maybe season seven it's, i haven't actually looked because i don't i like you, to be surprised. you want to be surprised that'd be fun it, i want to be surprised it'll be more- that's why i didn't that's why i didn't try and look up what episode matthew mcconaughey shows up i just waited for it to happen right right it's you know be surprised we're it, uh, no that I agree. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna, like we're gonna be watching all of a sudden Virginia Madsen like walks in the frame like oh ooh, hello <laughs> yeah mm, I have to like I have to start combing my hair now when I when I watch <laughs> these episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I think there's some and they're probably not wrong but the you know the rule of thumb and you know, executives doing who are doing the programming and wanting to make these changes is that, you know, if you throw a babe at it, the ratings are going to go up, which was true. Voyager. Hello, Jerry Ryan. Like, but she also happened to be like a really great character and incredible actress, but she's, you know, you threw, you got to throw some babes in there. Nobody really wants to watch this like old man talk about murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not the 80s anymore welcome to the 90s man yeah it's uh and virginia madsen yeah she is uh boy did i have a thing for her in my youth that's interesting but not keely shea smith i have to say um the my my being cognizant of who virginia madsen was was not related uh-huh. to unsolved mysteries. Um, uh-huh. I think like maybe I was still youngish enough that when she, uh, they, they start having the, the 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 ladies on, I'm like, okay, there there's now uh, now there's these these women in addition to to Robert Stack or or, or scary mm-hmm. old guy as I probably <laughs> still maybe right. thought of him as right. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I became, it was, it was, it was not until the end of, um, intermediate school, uh, 
so like 1998 that I really became cognizant as to like who Virginia Madsen was. Uh, there were mm-hmm. a couple of very critical movies in that regards. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's okay. Let's not let's not let's not let's not wander too far into Robbie's awkward adolescence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. I you know I did see um this is maybe I want to say like 2006. I did see Keely Shea Smith um at a restaurant in Hawaii once. Okay, wow. You've been and you've been holding on to this unsolved mysteries uh, <laughs> related bit until until this moment. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I mean, well, the 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 issue is this: it was really a Pierce Brosnan sighting, um, oh. because she she has been married to Pierce Brosnan forever, and um, they were having, and I guess they have some property in Kauai, which is where we were vacationing, mm-hmm. and we were at this restaurant, and then it was like, holy shit, that's Pierce Brosnan. And then he's with this woman. And then I was like, oh, I put it together. Yeah, it's Keely Shea Smith. And anyway, we were leaving the restaurant and Pierce had to move some chairs out of the way so we could get past this table. And he told me to have a good night. Oh, that's neat. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying not to stare because the man's just trying to eat his dinner. But like it was awkward because he really did have to move these chairs out of the way. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And then he just said, no, have a good night. I think that's what he said. He's very Irish. <laughs> so yes, he is. It could have been something else, but I cho- I chose to believe it was just him being polite. Um. Anyway, but yes, that was my my unsolved mysteries related celebrity sighting. Interesting. Oh, but but then yeah, and then I've seen Matthew McConaughey um at LAX too. So I guess that's two that wow related sightings um, that I've had. But I I think I mentioned that Matthew McConaughey one when that episode came up. Um, Probably. Okay. Well, Robbie, should we get into it? Yes. Let's talk about Bigfoot. (laughs) My disappointment with this episode was I had the idea that like, oh, we're going to get like half an hour, maybe Mm. 40 minutes worth of Bigfoot in this. Right. I was hoping for as as much time on Bigfoot as like one of these like miracle <laughs> that we've been uh, yeah like as much as we've yeah. been having to deal with as much as we've had devoted to all this other weird bullshit this season whether it's yeah. bizarre like really random bizarro miracles or like mm-hmm. Dateline sort of exposés on random murderers who are incarcerated right. <laughs> or dead. Right. Um, so yeah. there's not really a, a, yeah, yeah. See the Boston Strangler. We already yes, that was last week. Yes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, and this this one clocked in at just a standard segment length of about 15 minutes or so. Um, mm. So a little disappointed in that regards, but there is some good material here. Um, you know, Stack starts out with a sort of you know a little talk on on Bigfoot. And they, you know, they mentioned the idea that like he's a missing link between man and ape, but then yeah, sure, yeah, but the but it's kind of weird because he's like what eight feet tall, so it's kind of like the the missing link is like grew really tall from, <laughs> uh-huh. and then but then right. shrank down back down <laughs> anyway. It's right. fine, it's fine. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Uh, nitpick this it's it's fun we got it we got some sort of humanoid creature out in the the pacific northwest um you know uh we have uh 
a lot of the segment involves an uh, interview with a. Um... He's fun. He seems to be. <laughs> well, are you are you dubious about that? <laughs> no, I just I just I didn't want to like. I mean, what if he turned out to be from some other like territory that had you know had an Anglo-Saxon uh-huh. uh, origin? <laughs> and... what, what, what if, wait, what, why would it matter? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to offend. I guess Peter Byrne, if uh, he's still alive. I don't, I don't think he is. Probably. He was very old. He was. Like. He was. Um, um, but he is this a... Is, oh, sorry. Can we pause on Peter Byrne for a second? Yeah. I just wanted to mention it's one of those instances of like, if you get a British guy to narrate something, it immediately becomes serious. Well, yeah, no. Like the, it's the, it's the accent of authority. That's why they have David Attenborough do all those nature shows and stuff. And we love it. We love to hear it because oh, it's yeah. like if a British guy or woman is narrating something that makes it, it gives it more gravity than if somebody just with some dumb fuck American or Australian accent. <laughs> yeah yeah i actually (laughs) yeah we're we're all we're all just a bunch of dreadful colonials aren't we um right yeah i exactly but have you noticed that phenomenon and so i think them having this peter byrne guy on kind of gives it this like oh well you know crystal sasquatch research is a serious matter you know crystal this is exactly what i was going to talk about next yes oh sorry no no you don't have to apologize it's good because it, it shows we're on the same wavelength i yeah like, yeah i mean i as soon as i heard that accent like i was prepared to take this guy a lot more seriously than i probably should exactly have. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't help that like the american accented professor like guy they bring on who's like the skeptic well he's an actual anthropologist yeah yeah i mean he's uh, yeah (laughs) is what he is who teaches at a university right right i mean but unfortunately (laughs) he doesn't have the accent crystal no he's can't take him seriously he sounds american so he already has that like like yeah i mean yeah this guy we should definitely listen to more than you know the the bigfoot guy because uh, you know, he's, he's actually put in a lot of serious research and I mean, he made some good points. Like, why haven't we ever yeah. found any, where are the bones, where are the bones, uh, where are the teeth? He's, he's making good points, but, uh, then they just cut back to Peter Byrne and, and you know, he was this <laughs> UK accent. He's just like, well, you know, uh, uh I've, t- I've known people who have never s- encountered a cow skeleton in their entire life or anything. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of flimsy, <sighs> but the fact that he says it in that <laughs> accent, I'm like, God, I can't really, right. feel, I can't, I don't feel like I can yeah. refute it. It also doesn't help yeah. that the, the, the skeptic they have on, I, I I can't re- I didn't write his name down, but didn't wasn't his last name Swindler? <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, I, I feel oh, like shit. it was. Which would would have oh, been? No, that's unfortunate. That, that, I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, he, like this dude is out there trying to make cogent points, drawing upon all this research, and then unfortunately, a combination of his last name and this the Peter Byrne being uh, British just. Just, just, just undermines them totally. Um, oh man! Though I will say this: like, um, I do respect that Mr. Peter Byrne has apparently dedicated his life <laughs> to, to, to like 
to 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 navigating the wildernesses of 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 the Americas, um, right? In search of this Bigfoot uh, type uh, creature, um, they have yeah. they have like you know of course a, a small collection of of personal stories. The first one was so was so unexciting. I had to rewind it yeah. like five times because i kept losing interest <laughs> and it's only like two minutes long it's a it's about a guy named todd niece who was uh he's in the mm-hmm. he's in the army national guard and i think uh-huh. i think the, the the problem with reenactment is it's only a reenactment of him locking alongside on a on top of a hill or something and then he yeah. just sort of recounts that like he looked through his binoculars or something and he saw right. like three bigfoot type creatures uh-huh. And he talked to some other guy who saw the same thing, but we don't see the creatures depicted or or anything. We just yeah. So it's it's not super. But also, I mean, first of all, he may have some special army binoculars or something that can, depending on how far you're zoomed in, changes the scale, the size of what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I believe those probably exist, but I've never seen used binoculars like that before. And so I'm a little dubious as to if he was as far away that he was using binoculars that he was able to judge the size of what he was looking at. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing where I'm like, "Eh, you probably saw something. And if you have binoculars, you maybe have seen it kind of clearly. But if we're talking about one of them being nine feet tall and you're looking through binoculars and you don't necessarily have a reference point or scaled binoculars, then mm, are you sure? Mm, Okay. You know, so so you're putting forward the 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 possibility that he did not see like a towering, um, uh, Bigfoot, but just more a smaller size um creature of, of fur. I, I'm working on a theory here, which we'll return to, but this is sort okay. of the first okay <laughs> nail in in the Bigfoot coffin. I'm, I, I'm gonna. I have a guess what your theory is, but in. I'm gonna hold it back till we get to when when the big reveal okay. is. All right. Yeah. Sure. So we kind of we can just brush by uh, Todd nieces. Okay. And then the other one. Yeah. By Todd. Yeah. Sorry. Then the other one involved um, two women who were driving uh, at night, and uh, they're they're anonymous, and only one of them came forward to be like recorded in in the you know dark silhouette. Uh, I guess because she's afraid that Bigfoot's gonna try to. <laughs> track her down well <laughs> or she doesn't want to be perceived as I th- crazy yeah I, I i know i think it's more she doesn't want to be perceived as crazy <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be funny i don't think B- bigfoot's like sitting in his house watching unsolved mystery and being like now i told her <laughs> not to say okay. anything i don't think that's <laughs> yeah um so and she she recounts she saw some movement off to the side so she slowed down because she thought it was you know mm-hmm. some sort of animal and yeah it was apparently right. an animal because <laughs> this bigfoot yeah. goes walking across the, the 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 highway do you think he yeah. he chose to walk across the highway because he noticed the car slowed down like he was like oh she's she's slowing down to let me pass. I mean, maybe, um, maybe not thinking of it quite in sure, <laughs> quite, quite, you know, like, like that, but just sort of like, like Bigfoot is like attuned enough to automobile patterns that he was going to wait for it to pass, 
and then passed yeah. behind it, but he saw that it slowed. Maybe is Bigfoot observing traffic protocol? I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah, I mean, he may not understand the formal rules, but he's probably observed enough that like he he has yes. an idea how these how these things function. And you know, he's he's noticed the deer. You know, the deer jump out in front of the car and gets smashed all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, yeah. dumb deer. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably wouldn't it be funny if that was actually a thought that was going through his head. He sort of has a little chuckle to himself anytime he sees an app. Anyway, so <clears throat> you know, and he kind of just like she described like a lot of these descriptions of Bigfoot kind of describe him as like not really being interested in people. Like he just walked mm-hmm. across the road, you know, and really, yeah. really wasn't you know interested in interacting with her. And then they they cut back to <laughs> to Peter Peter Byrne uh, with that with mm-hmm. that British accent, um, and you know he he recounts how it, <laughs> how they dispatched a team out to that location, and they just, mm-hmm. they could, uh, what, what's what's the full name of the what he's associated with the Bigfoot Research Project or something? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they dispatched a team out there. They deduced that uh, something had crossed the road, and they found tr- like, uh, and, and its tracks had gone in the direction of where there was a dead s- steer. So they, he was thinking mm-hmm. like he put forward the um, possibility that this Bigfoot was going towards the the steer to eat it, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I don't know. I'm not I'm not a Bigfootologist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I know I've always kind of got the idea that Bigfoot was mostly a herbivore. herbivore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know if that's like carrying the Hendersons. Uh, uh, well, no, he ate fish in that. Mm-hmm. I don't see him like taking like he's like, oh, I'm going to go take down that steer and eat, eat, eat it or whatever. I, I, I don't I feel I feel I could see him like eating fish like he goes by the river and grabs a couple and like, hmm. Yum, 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 yum. And, you know, then he, Mm. you know, and and then like, you know, plant life and uh, what other sort of things he subsists off of. Uh, You know, I mentioned Harry and the Hendersons, but I'm actually curious, Crystal, do you have a favorite Mm -hmm. piece of Bigfoot related media, like whether a movie or a TV show or, um, or anything? I realize this is kind of out of nowhere. I think I've talked about it on the pod before, but a documentary came out like one or two years ago, and I think it's called like Sasquatch or something. Oh, yes. And it ostensibly starts with this journalist interviewing all these squatchers and people who look for Bigfoot Mm -hmm. um, up in Mendocino County in California. Yeah. And he he gets involved in a total, like like this documentary starts being sort of this lighthearted uh investigation into bigfoot and ends up being something else much different and it's it's actually really well done i I think it is just called sasquatch or or maybe just bigfoot it came out a couple years ago but i think people want to check it out it was on hulu or something but it was really well done it was really interesting um uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know mm-hmm. that I've talked about it on the yeah, podcast no, that, before, but I'm gonna that's I'm gonna solid because yeah, because it, it it's kind of like it's ostensibly about Bigfoot, but it's really more about the people looking for Bigfoot, and that it's it's all interesting, and I, I I see why why you enjoy it. My my favorite piece of Bigfoot media is the episode of MacGyver that had Bigfoot in it. 
<laughs> That's fun, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to see Okay. Who who wouldn't want to see MacGyver and Bigfoot, you know, face That is it fun. Go give me the plot synopsis of that MacGyver episode. Okay, well, I, I can only vaguely recall this. Some gal, he goes up to like somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and I can't remember, I don't remember what the gal's name was, but she's the reason he came up because either, I don't know, maybe her father owned some company and was having trouble or something, or she was, maybe she was a Bigfoot searcher. I can't recall that bit, but like there's a Bigfoot out in the, out, out in the woods and, and Bigfoot stuff is happening. And it, what, uh, what it actually turns out because the, um, the, they end, they end up on like some ship that's like um so this had to be on like a really major riverway uh-huh. that's like uh just sort of sitting off the the sitting in the middle of the river or lake or whatever and you know the it turns out there's some I don't know some some illegal shenanigans who knows what what what, mm-hmm. what it could be and then like eventually it turns out the bigfoot is some big guy in a bigfoot suit oh um, you know, and then so you know, like okay, you got the whole thing taken care of. The bad guys are busted. Uh, MacGyver's saying goodbye to the gal, uh, and they're like, I mean, basically, you know, the sort of like, well, <laughs> it was, sure was ridiculous that you know, I was almost thinking there was Bigfoot for a moment, and then of course that's when they hear some wailing off in the woods. Because it's the real Bigfoot. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no. But if you wanted to see some uh, MacGyver versus Bigfoot action, it, it's yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so we we had the um, we had the account Excellent. of two ladies who, who were uh, they passed by the Bigfoot walked by them. Then we get the the the, tr- the third and the trifecta of these is like the the. Uh, what what was he like a size prospector or uh some sort of geologist no i think he just like worked for the state something the, some, uh, state uh yeah yeah he had some job he was carrying parts. some some poles like with some, some like colored rope tied very to nondescript kind of uh thing. you know it was he recounts walking walking up a trail and they show like their description is that like he encountered like a bunch of um, tree branches and, and all sorts of stuff that was put up to block the trail and how he had to then climb up uh, alongside the side of the hill to get uh, to get back up to where the trail was clear, mm-hmm. though in the reenactment, <laughs> we see him sort of like encounter like two or three very thin tree branches yeah. that one could easily walk past. But um, I guess I, we're supposed, you know, we get the idea anyway. So he go he goes up, he's, yeah. he's, he's walking along the trail. He picks, picks up a rock and sort of taps it with his little, right. little hammer. And that's when he hears the, what sounds like someone like, it's basically someone smashing a big rock against another big rock. Right. And he's hearing it and he's hearing it. And he's finally like, he, he is, he is conclusion mm-hmm. of course, naturally is that like, Oh, it's the kids. They're, you know, they're having the, <laughs> trying to pull the old man's leg. Right. So he's, he, he shouts something 
And then like he just he said that like, what, what, what ha- stuff comes crashing down. And so he thought he caused a little mini avalanche. But then, as he noted, there was fur behind the rocks and the branches. And <clears throat> this Bigfoot stands up, um, tries to scare mm-hmm. it off by shooting in the mm-hmm. air. Apparently, all this caused was the Bigfoot sort of turn slightly in place in his direction before then walking down the trail. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I would have waited until the Bigfoot was maybe facing me to try to use that. Cause especially if it like, you know, and just hope the Bigfoot was just going to walk in that direction anyway. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's, that's your own, your only shot. And obviously of course, not that it would do much good. Then at first I was confused cause it seemed like to suggest that he was following the Bigfoot to like out of, I, I, yeah, like why? Why? Because he said he was scared, but then like he's like he's walking along the trail and he's like looking around the side, yeah. and there's Bigfoot like smashing another rock against another rock right. again. I, uh, I could only. It took me a few, uh, my the second uh-huh. rewatch or maybe later. I think what, maybe what what's going on here is the Bigfoot was walking down the trail going the direction that he would, the, um, that, uh, Elmer would need to go in order to get back to his car. (laughs) So maybe he was walking along the trail and just hoping the Bigfoot would sort of like go off the trail and in in some random direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no. And the Bigfoot sees him and I guess chases Mm -hmm. him. Like Elmer starts running away and then like we get sort of this, interesting i'm not sure what the term is for the um if it involves the frame rate or what but like just the you know he's being chased by the bigfoot and they they kind of make it seem a little intense and and whatnot but uh the bigfoot never actually catches him and he expresses being confused by that because he feels like the the bigfoot was traveling at such a speed that it could easily have caught him if it wanted to so naturally, they we we turn we turn to Patrick Byrne, who mm. of course explains that uh, he does not believe the Bigfoot was in fact chasing Elmer, but was merely uh, doing a sort of demonstrative charge to let him know this is my territory, keep out. Um, now, and here's here's the thing about this. Um, the segment that I thought was interesting because they, they talked yes. to all the different people who have to have these Bigfoot encounters, including Elmer uh, uh, Frombach with this, the scary one. And they're all like, they're all like, they're all putting forward this uh, and very noble sentiment of like, look, well, because they, before they, they return to talk back to all of them, they mentioned how, you know, Peter Byrne, he just wants to, to discover the, the Bigfoot alive and like communicate with it. <laughs> uh, good luck. Uh, but then like Robert Stack makes an ominous reference to how there's other yeah. people who want to ca- who want to find the Bigfoot dead or alive. And then like so they cut back to the various people who've had the Bigfoot encounters and they're all like Look, uh-huh. if it's out there, it's really important that we have to preserve it and, and not, you know, uh, we, we can't, you know, 
we have to protect the the species. <laughs> okay, very noble. Um, almost entirely wasted on a non-existent species. There's plenty of real right. life species that could desperately use that sort of yeah. support. But well, I yeah, I mean, I guess in arguing for preservation of those environments for the sake of Bigfoot, you're arguing to preserve it for all species that also live in those forests, which I think, which is you know, great. Let's. Yes. Do that. <laughs> Sounds good. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Here, okay. So, what do you think is, when people are saying they're seeing Bigfoot? What do you think's going on here, Robbie? I'm going to guess that your guess or, or speculation. No, that's not what I asked. Okay. That's not what I asked. What do you think's going on here? They're seeing a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think that's pretty much what's going on here. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's not a super exciting answer, but it seems to really fit the facts. Mm. Yeah, and um, to the point of look, the guy, the anthropologist guys says, you know, I would like to see some bones or some teeth or some kind of fossilized something physical evidence you know beyond a blurry cast of a foot which i've seen a lot of these feet casts before and what they look like to me is they look like bear tracks that have been kind of just stretched mm. out and that can happen because it rained okay yeah and the ground got you know what i mean there's a lot of reasons that can happen also the stuff with like fur on trees i know that when we had the Bigfoot segment before they had tested the fur, because this, this, uh, we did a Bigfoot segment back way back in season one, I believe. And, um, when they had tested the fur, they said it was some mix of human and chimpanzee, but also keeping in mind that was back in 89 DNA testing wasn't really a mm -hmm. thing. Um, now we're in the nineties. It is much more of a thing. I would like to, you know, I think what they're going to find is it's, you know, bear fur. <laughs> right. Or something that you would expect to find that lives in the forest. Um, and I'm saying that just based on the physical evidence of we know that dinosaurs existed because they left fossils that we can dig up in the mm -hmm. ground. We can see their eggs. We can see their dung um, to the point that Richard or Peter Byrne was making about how in East Africa, you know, within an elephant can die and within uh, you know, 72 hours, nature has, you know, the predators have come along, they've eaten the elephant and stuff like that. But I've been to East Africa, man. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of elephant bones around and skulls and teeth and tusks. You know, the, the, the forces that break in nature that break down these things tend to leave some evidence behind and, and the evidence is dung. Uh, bones and teeth and so i would say if bigfoot existed for as many people have seen out there searching for him and they just haven't found the sort of remnants yeah. of a living species yeah. that we can easily find with species that are now extinct oh that would be so cool so that just doesn't add up for me it sucks because i like want bigfoot to exist i want there to be this like yeah, I want that to be true. I also think sometimes, and this is as far as I'm willing to like stretch the theory, 
is that there are probably some people who are living outside of society in the forest when it gets thick enough. And from time to time, <laughs> they encounter other people. These could be like feral people. I don't know what the correct term is or just people who choose to like not live amongst us anymore. Um, you yeah. know, another example of that is if you go deep enough into the Amazon, there's uncontacted tribes, right? So I think there's possibility of a family or an individual living in the, you know, rainforest of Northwest United States who is spotted from time to time, but is not, is human. Right. But is right. not, um, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I mean, that all tracks. Shall we say. <laughs> so. do, do you think these, these. I mean, is it possible that some of these wild, like feral people could have had kids with each other and then there's like a whole feral lineage that's out there? Um, sure. Okay. That's, I think that's more, I think that's more possible than a Bigfoot. Okay. But I think it's all less possible than y'all are seeing some bears. Right, right. And, and you know, or bears on their hind legs. Bear because bears, when they when they rise up, if it's a grizzly or a brown bear or something, that can be eight or nine feet tall when it's on its yeah, hind legs. And if really... you you're in the sort of mottled light of a forest and you're scared, you know, I'm not trying to call these people crazy or saying they don't know what they saw, but I'm saying that I can easily see how a bear on its hind legs could be confused for a bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, it's totally reasonable. So, um, the, you can't right. make fun of them for like like you say in the. Uh, the light of a forest and seeing a bear on its hind legs, uh, unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, it would, it, it would yeah. also solve like, cause like I was trying to figure out what the heck that Bigfoot was doing, trying like smashing the rocks together. And, you know, and it like, it falls mm -hmm. like it's, it stumbles down, uh, the little landslide and then just walks down the trail a little more and is doing some more rock stuff. It was like, yeah. Uh, why didn't it go back up to where it was trying to do whatever it was trying to do? Because, uh, yeah. well, because it was just a bear that like the ground gave way underneath uh, under it and it slid down <laughs> and crashed in yeah. front of this this poor guy who waited for it to like get up before, you know, before before, before trying to like leave the area. Um, and the other the other thing that I like an unsolved mystery is kind of made me think about this because they mention any like the 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 bigfoot group they go out to areas where they think there's a high concentration of possible bigfoot sightings and they set up the infrared cameras and stuff cameras that i assume have never actually captured an image of bigfoot but right. maybe a lot of interesting yeah. wildlife and i think like certainly by this point <clears throat> I mean, with the, the proliferation of phones, it's why we don't hear as many stories about like UFOs landing in someone's backyard and aliens come out and whatnot. And they couldn't get a They couldn't mm. record it at the time because they had to run back in their house and get a camcorder. Um, I mean, there's there's people have there, there's so many. I, I worked for the Bureau of Land Management back in 2015 in Oregon. And like they had cameras out, like recording wildlife. And so like, you know, you'd come in, like they would show you like all sorts of like, oh, here, here's when some bears came by. Here's when some deer, deer went by. Here's a, uh, you know, uh, uh, here's a possum. Here's a fox, uh, uh, a raccoon or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and it just seems like with so many of those cameras out there, 
at some point yeah. someone would, would 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 be able to just just you know eventually someone would manage to capture capture an image of a bigfoot right yeah right and and but and then also the lack of physical evidence like bones teeth dung, right that sort of thing right so There's, yeah. Huh. yeah wow um well that's settled <laughs> bigfoot doesn't exist yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the missing fishman. Pumpkin Spice Podcast is back to talk about some of the spookiest movies out there. But this time, they aren't covering franchises. They're taking bus tickets to new cities to explore the horror happening all over the globe. So tune in to Pumpkin Spice Podcast, a bridge burner podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out now. It's Pumpkin Spice Podcast. So we get a little uh, segment. Uh, it starts out with a wedding at Lake Tahoe. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Lake Tahoe's a nice yeah. place to get married. Yeah. My parents Lake, got married on Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe's Lake Tahoe's really awesome. So there you go. Um, this was this was the second marriage for both um, bride and groom. Uh, Craig Craig is the groom. Uh, uh-huh. His bride is um, uh, Christine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Christine, they get married and they get into the fish raising business. Yeah, they're gonna tilapia. raise a very exotic fish, <laughs> tilapia. That's all mysteries. Really, like they have, they had to explain what that was to the audience. So I. Uh, that's interesting. I uh, this yeah. is I guess guess um, and it, this is the era before if you go into like a family style restaurant, you're guaranteed that the fish is going to be tilapia. Um, yeah, and they you yeah. know they got a big operation on a farm with lots lots of large blue tanks, and uh, he's converted a school bus into being a transportation for these fish. And he goes on a run down mm-hmm. to uh, Colorado uh, Springs to sell the fish. And then after that, I guess he had some other business appointments and he rented a car. Um, and uh, kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, so they have like a reenact. Mm-hmm. I assume this is a reenactment of the wife being shown the hotel room. By someone at the hotel, and the way the person at the hotel was for who you know was showing her the it was so so weird. He was just like, and this is where we found the um the you know he had a book on the counter here, and then he had you know his luggage here, and the 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 guy like this was an actual like hotel employee. Who you know is not a professional actor and is just doing his best. <laughs> um, well, his, his wife, you know, she comes and checks it out. Uh, she talks with the detectives. Um, like Craig had, he had disappeared. Uh, his credit cards were found in at a supermarket in Texas, and then the rental car was found across the border in Mexico. Um, 
And her concern was because he had gone on this trip despite having only recently suffered a concussion. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, like, you know, when he when she would like touch his head or, or whatever, that still hurt. So I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her worry was that something, you know, he'd been injured and to to the head and perhaps become you know uh developed amnesia um there's and her rationale is like yeah you know if if someone came up to him uh hit him over the head while he's getting in his car and drove off and he would have gotten up and he would have been the sort of like his just his disposition would have been to like he saw he, he would have seen some lights in the parking lot and down at the interstate and would have just like walked down towards it. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, you know, this, and there was news stories in both Colorado and Wisconsin about, about this. And someone came forward, uh, a, a nurse named what Kara Judy Inman. Oh, okay. So her name's not Kara at all. Uh, no, it's Judy. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, she recounts being on an Amtrak train and seeing this like guy, you know, um, uh, matching Craig's description. Sort of, he walks into the, the car and this woman recounts that she's worked with people with all sorts of, in, like as a nurse. And so she, she realized she's recognized this is, this isn't someone who, is suffering from dementia and it's not Mm -hmm. someone with any other sort of thing. This is someone who's maybe had an injury to the head and Mm -hmm. he kind of like, he walks down the, the, uh, like some, some, a couple of drunk guys are making fun of him. Mm -hmm. Not, not a great, not a great look. Um, Then he like, he walks down the car some more and like says something like, I have to get back to the fish. And he turns and he's walking away. He tries to take the coat of one of the two drunk guys, but they stop him. And like, as he's leaving the car, he again says, I have to get back to the fish. Um, so Christine's like, I knew that was Craig. I knew it. She went along. She like drove along the entire route that the Amtrak train would have went taking pictures of all the stations. Um, she showed the pictures to the nurse who pointed out one that she believes Craig got out of. Uh, and it was, it was like a, a place that had a name similar to like where he had grown up in Oregon. So, mm-hmm. you know, Christine's like, Oh, he somehow thought that was the, the, the place. Um, <clears throat> he got off there, but uh, yeah, I guess the trail went cold again. Um, I, the thing is, is what I'm confused by. Like Craig was, hit over the head, his rental car was stolen, and I assume his entire wallet was stolen too because his credit cards were found in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he pay for the Amtrak ticket? I don't know. <laughs> I, I And I feel like this isn't the first time we've had some weird thing come up where like someone you know, suffered amnesia and they had no money, but somehow they got on like a bus or a train think, or a plane. I think they're just not like uh, checking that hard. I don't know. That could be. Cause like, I mean, maybe it was at, it was at a stop that wasn't like, it wasn't like a big station or something. It was like mm-hmm. maybe a platform with a building and somehow mm-hmm. he just managed to wander on 
uh, Mr. Magoo style uh, mm-hmm. or something. So, uh, yeah. And then I, I think that that was about it for the segment. We just get sort of like we get a little uh, we get some footage. They show some footage of Craig um, that was filmed for local TV where he's talking about fish. Right. He's like, and so, you know, well, most of these will be turned into fillets and they'll be shipped uh, east for Asian market. Um, uh, then they sort of, they pause that, that, and they turn into a little square on his face for an update. Yeah. This was a very strange update too. Sure was. Yeah. Like, so Craig saw himself on unsolved mysteries. Yeah. (laughs) It's me. Hey, that's me. Uh, allegedly suffering from amnesia. Uh, he called Christine mm-hmm. and they met, but he had no memories of her and they had apparently a, no. a very bittersweet, this was a bittersweet meeting because then they, you know, they sort of parted ways. Um, But here's yeah. where I'm, okay, so I'm just putting myself in this situation, okay? If I was hit over the head, uh-huh. it was like, oh, I'm an amnesiac who, you know, doesn't have anything. And I'm like, somehow I got on an Amtrak train and I wandered off there. And I don't know, some apparently somehow he got himself into a situation where he was able to at least have regular access to television and saw, you know, and I, if I saw myself, mm-hmm. was watching it and I, and I'm suffering from amnesia and I saw a segment and holy shit, that's me. Like literally me. And, and mm-hmm. like, I mean, how you would think even if, you know, he didn't feel any sort of human connection with Christine, it would have been like, well, you know, you're at the very least your stuff's back at that house. Maybe you own the house. I mean, mm-hmm. Are you just living right. in a like a one room thing while you work? Do handyman work in some rural town in Oregon? What Don't you want to? I mean, yeah. you know, even if it's kind of weird, if like you feel like you're like, oh, there's, there's this stranger woman, but <laughs> you you have a house with all your stuff. I, I very very odd to me, Crystal. Very odd. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know what the parting was like. It might have been like the lawyers and property mm. stuff, and we don't know what happened really. But yeah, I agree with you. It would it'd be weird for him to just be like, "Um, oh, bummer, I don't remember you." <laughs> right? <Bye." laughs> yeah, that'd be very I mean, strange. You know, like, yeah, it was odd, and I don't know. I I I, I wondered because we've had a few a few amnesia cases in the last couple of years where like someone was trying to get away from something. Uh, do you think he was? You think he was just trying to yeah. get away from his life? I... No, I mean, he had a concussion and then he was apparently attacked, which is how his rental car and okay. stuff ended up in Texas. He was attacked and robbed. Oh, yeah, right? I guess I guess he would have had to have like at least an accomplice to do this random like. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, don't, I think this is he had an existing head injury. And then it was, yeah. he was attacked. And that's, it's just bad luck, I think. <sighs> Shit. 
Yeah. Well, that's sad. Let's talk about um, let's talk about a more uh, a, a more humorous subject. Yeah, I guess it's humorous, but it's also I don't know this. Oh, this was really this was one of the out. like I, I I would I'm just gonna go ahead and say this is probably one of, in the top ten creep out segments of all unsolved mysteries so far. Right. Um, okay, so Bill and Dorothy Wacker, they're an elderly retired couple that live in Stark County, Ohio. Um, they've lived there forever, and they um, have un- endured a campaign of harassment for going on yeah. 10 years at their home. And, uh, you know, the segment starts by Bill and Dorothy Wacker being interviewed. And Bill's, like, very much like, I'm not going to be driven out of my home by some kook and that's what they are is they're a kook and it's like i i could tell that was like the meanest thing that bill felt like he could say on television he really you know i get it but uh anyway so it starts with um in 1985 their home is ransacked so things they weren't robbed necessarily just stuff was kind of torn up and thrown around and um and as we learned this had happened twice before this incident in 1985 and it was finally on the third time that bill decided to Mm -hmm. tell the sheriff about it um finally later in that year 1985 dorothy uh was home alone she had been recovering from a recent surgery on her heart and she hears a knock on the door um and uh she goes to the door it's a stranger she doesn't recognize he asks to use the phone um she says sure i guess he uses the phone he leaves so she thinks um and then uh yeah he was actually still in the house and he he knocks her out um and then ties her up um and gags her leaves her like that on the kitchen floor um and then she is able to crawl to a window and alert her neighbors who, who then call 911. Um, so she was fortunately not seriously injured. Um, but Bill comes home. He finds this time some things have been stolen, his revolver, a watch, a video camera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then there was a message scrawled on the dining room wall. And all it said was cheaper, yeah. but will do. And it's scrawled in crayon. Yes. Crayon. It like children. It's ears. the it's the f- fact that that you know doesn't make any sense. That makes the message so ominous. Cheaper, but we'll do. But we'll do. So then four months after that, the revolver is returned in a plastic bag to them on the front porch. And over time the other items that yeah. had been stolen were quietly returned to the front porch. So there's a lot of stuff going on with this front porch as well. Um, then they start getting phone calls and some of them were threatening. Some of them were just heavy breathing. Um, they changed their phone number several times. It didn't make the call stop. Uh, you know, the harassment begins to escalate and then, um, they start hearing a series of uh, bangs, really like loud bangs on the side of their house. They'd rush outside. There's a reenactment of Bill running out there with his his uh, revolver yeah. that had been returned to him. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and they they can't see anyone. Eventually, they install a security light that would come on uh, if anyone come out came out on that side of the house. Um, and then they started getting notes on their front porch after that really weirdly scrawled Mm -hmm. as if someone was writing with their non-dominant hand on little scraps of paper. Um, so after (laughs) they put the lights up, they get a note that says your lights are a laugh. Um, they're just little threatening, but mocking. No, no one's, um, Mm -hmm. none of them seem to be threatening their lives, but they're just little mocking notes. Um, no fingerprints have ever been found on the notes. Uh, you know, Bill has brought these down to the police. They've taken a look at them. They don't match anything the police have seen. Um, in 1993, so this is eight years after the first attack, um, somebody else or the same person attacked Dorothy and sent her to the hospital with skull lacerations. Um, couldn't, police couldn't find any clues or witnesses. Um, so finally in November of 1993, so this is shortly after Dorothy's come home from the hospital after that attack, the whackers call up their friends and they decide to do a stakeout of their own home. They split up in three groups around the house, keeping in touch with two way radios. Um, Bill's hiding in a trailer on the driveway. Uh, their sons in law are watching from a van across the street. Dorothy and her daughter, Kathy stayed in the house. Um, at, you know, for four hours they waited and finally, they decide to call it off. Right as everyone is about to leave, they heard thumping sounds on the porch where they found nothing but a note saying, get the message. Um, and so the intruder had somehow gotten around all those people <laughs> who were watching the house. Um, so there is some speculation. This is something that the whackers are doing to themselves or, you know, Dorothy was asked by the police, do you think this is something Bill would do? And she was like, why would Bill do this? And I, you know, my first thought was maybe Bill was experiencing <laughs> like, like there's multiple dementia. personalities. <laughs> that, that'd be the movie twist, right? <laughs> yeah. So then in 1999, there, I mean, there's no update. They don't have any clue who this person is. that has been hara- that harassed them or attacked Dorothy. And did so. Yeah, for it's it's the fact that like, I mean, you know, the the one police detective mentioned like it's weird that like things like a gun and you know or no, I think that was Bill. Maybe. I mean, it's weird that you know stuff like a gun and all, all these other things, valuable items are 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 not sold or just kept; they're returned. So I mean, it's this isn't for for profit. Um, I mean, I mean it. It'd be one thing if right. Bill and Dorothy were actually drug dealers and like all the times their house got ransacked, it was someone looking for, for, for the stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. When they show up to the drop offs, Bill would hold the pistol and Dorothy could hand off the, um, the bag with the stuff in it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but no, it's, it's not for profit. Like not for profit. It's just like, to it's just harass harassing them and being a creep right and the thing is is and what i mean you know who knows maybe they have an idea who it is maybe they've done some something to someone who pissed them off but like i mean as presented it's like they have no idea who this could be like i mean mm-hmm. so it could just be like imagine if it was just a random stranger who's like i'm gonna fuck with that couple over there 
I'm just going to fuck with them anonymously. And they're going to have no idea why all of this is happening to them. It's creepy stuff. Yeah. It reminds me of a real, there was a story that ran a few years ago. I think it was in the New York times or something like that about the watcher. It's now, it's not a, it's a serialized show on Netflix, but it was based on some newspaper articles about similarly, there was a family that moved into this house in like suburban New Jersey and they started getting these letters that were all signed the watcher. Um, almost as soon as they moved into this house and that was seriously creepy and as far as I know unsolved just like this and I'm and there was no rhyme or reason why any of it was happening yeah so I mean ah it's creepy I don't like it another thing that I don't like is when um kids die so if you don't want to hear a segment about that maybe just don't listen to the rest of this episode right and we'll catch you next time because unfortunately we got to talk about um that now molly jordan uh, she lives in dallas texas she lives with her five grandchildren and one great grandchild who's one years old um she is in order to support these children working double shifts as a nurse and so she's very frequently um not home at night because she's working Mm -hmm. um so one day it was september 28th 1988 uh she leaves for work and the i think it was the second to no third to i don't know He's 10 years old, but he's like the middle grandchild. Yeah. Um, He wakes up in the middle of the night and he goes out to see his uh, older brother in the living room talking to who he believed were local drug dealers. And his older brother tells him to go back to bed as soon as he realizes he's up. And so um, Ketrick, the, the middle child, goes to not his room, but his sister's room. Mm-hmm. And... um what happens next is just truly a series of unfortunate events because um, what police believe happened was that the, uh, I think his name's Bernard, the one that was talking to the drug dealers. Uh, they, the drug dealer guys were trying to get Bernard to come outside in a very threatening manner. Bernard refused to do that. Um, Bernard, fearing that the guys would try to break into the house, put, uh, move some furniture in front of the front door and then also in front of the hallway door so they couldn't get to the kids. Um, what happens though, at least so police believe, is that one of the guys, because this just, the story really sucks. I really don't want to talk about it, but one of the guys uh, came in in order to draw Bernard outside, came in through the laundry room window, poured gas all over the living room, lit the house on fire to try and get Jordan or uh, not. Sorry, not Jordan. Bernard Jordan to come outside. And what ended up happening was it set the house on fire. And because of the furniture placement trapped all of the children in the burning house because it was not such a nice neighborhood. There were bars on the windows 
and the quick release of the bars. So all the children end up, I think, in one of the back bedrooms and the bars would not, uh, as much as they, they tried to break the windows out, the bars would not release. And by the time firefighters were able to get to the home, um, it took them a really long time because they couldn't get, bust through the doors because they were blocked. Um, it took them a really long time to pry the bars off the window. And when they were eventually able to get inside the house, um, all of the children had passed except for Ketrick. And Ketrick uh, actually lost the lower halves of his legs. He's 16 years old now and he walks with prosthetics and seems to be doing okay. Um, so uh, the grandmother was told by a relative at work that she needed to go home immediately. Um, yeah. she, you know, she got home. So the only survivors are, are Ketrick and the grandma who wasn't at home at the time. So, um, they are seeking anyone who has information or someone involved with this. Basically they're going to be charged with homicide for five people for setting this fire. But it really just was a series of just really unfortunate, um, you know, the older son, or the older grandson couldn't have possibly anticipated that these people were going to set his house on fire. And in order to try and protect his siblings, he ended up making the situation so much worse. Um, yeah, it's just really fucking awful. (laughs) So, um, and they don't have any, they pick somebody up for the, the update is they pick somebody up for this, but then they couldn't actually connect them to the crime. And so it just really didn't, um, you know, uh, Hats off to Unsolved Mysteries for a very subtle um, bit of um, foreshadowing very at the very start of the reenactment when uh, the grandmother is kissing all all her children goodbye Mm -hmm. as she's on her way to her double shift at work. Um, The the older brother who got wrapped up in, in this on the phone kind of like... Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if paranoid is the right word, but, you know, obviously guarding whatever phone conversation is going on. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he's wrapped up in something. Oh, yeah. That's a good catch, Robbie. Yeah, it's. um, Thank you. Yeah, it's just this shit sucks. Um, Hey, though, we're going to pick up the rest of unsolved mysteries season six episode 23 since it is a two hour long episode and our next episode um and things are going to be um a little bit sillier i think uh we hope (laughs) 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 and if if you enjoy silliness uh head on over to twitter reenacted pod uh at twitter uh and since reenacted pod at gmail uh i might someday update the facebook thing and patreon yeah. you know go over there and send, a, mm-hmm. send us a do- patreon.com slash reenacted pod you can give us a one dollar tip if you like what we're doing and if you want extra stuff it's five dollars a month and eventually i will i will put a a very special episode we recorded for the patreons I, up someday <laughs> i'll do that <laughs> i'm sitting on it you know, but i pl- got it my pl- um when <laughs> so. i come down there I want to bring a special. Uh huh. You're gonna kick my ass. <laughs> I, I I am incapable of kicking anyone's ass. Not morally, just physically. Um, but I the, but I'm bringing something that we use for recording a very special bonus thing. 
for Patreon. And then, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're at the $1 yep. tier, you can make requests like uh, Robbie needs to finish listing off the list of 10 handsome men, which I feel like I dropped one in the last episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked yeah, about yeah, Paul, Paul Newman. Newman. So, uh, well, um, uh, yeah, well, 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 we'll sprinkle them throughout. <laughs> <laughs> We'll sprinkle out <laughs> handsome men. Yes, mentions. yes, like 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 cheese being um, sprinkled on a Paul Newman pizza. Exactly, or um, sprinkling a little Newman's own Italian dressing yes, on a yes. salad. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, do you want to do you want to do the thing? People all over the world. Uh, for every <laughs> mystery, uh, everywhere, everywhere there is someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone's watching, perhaps it's you. 